everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich, broadcasting on SoundCloud, Speaker 2, and available for download on iTunes and iTunes Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here today. You can reach out to us, Rich Sports Talk, on Twitter or richsportstalk at gmail.com. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest content. For those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, one thing I like to do is I like to talk about expansion. I've talked about with the Hartford Whalers, with the Seattle and the NHL, and I even did a mock draft for XFL cities for their 2020 season. So if you would like to see that, that is in our podcast description below. Please make sure to download and listen to it. It's a really fun podcast, and I think you will really enjoy it. So this week was a very important day in football, and it wasn't for the NFL. It was for an upstart league. Yes, the Alliance of American Football, which will kick off in the 2019 spring, one year before the XFL kicks off in 2020. Now, on today's show, there's a couple things I really liked what they did. Now, one little criticism that I have was the way the draft was set up. Uh, but I think part of that d is due to also this being the first season. Uh, I think people are really intrigued by drafts. And the way they set this up was they had protected picks. And it was really quiet. And I'm a really big football fan. And I just came across it last night. It wasn't really, I felt, well advertised. Uh, and to me, I think one of the most intriguing parts of the NFL is the NFL draft and that whole process. And I think this, that was an area they really missed out on. But overall, I do think that this league is doing a lot of things the right way. I do think they're doing a very good job of going into markets where the NFL isn't. They're going to have an eight-team league, and it's a little bit reminiscent of what the XFL plans to do on 2020. Um, like a couple of the rules that they have and. There's a lot of things I do like. Now, my one criticism was the draft, but there's a couple things moving forward that I think the the AAF, the AAF, uh, I know it's a little tongue twister for me. I don't know why, but uh, uh, that they will be kicking off in 2019. There's a lot of things I, I do like what they are doing. Uh, you know, it's a league that's going to have eight teams, Atlanta, Orlando, San Diego, San Antonio, Memphis, Birmingham, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix, each team with 50 players and will be uh, built through a regionally-based draft. Uh, and one thing I really like, too, is they're they're really trying to make each team have their own regions to draw uh, prospects from. Um, they're really doing a lot to change the offense. They're taking out the kickoffs in the games and the onside kick. Uh, trailing team will receive the ball on their own 35-yard line, facing a fourth down and 10. And what they have to do is convert. And I actually like this idea. I think it's going to help with the player safety. And you look, they're going to have shorter play clocks. They're looking to get a 150-minute game in instead of 180. It's all about the offense. It's going to be wide-open football. I know we've heard this before, but they're trying to speed up the game of football, add more offense. And one thing I think they did really well last night, which was the quarterback draft, is they got a lot of – C, C-minus quarterbacks from the NFL. Now, a lot of people are going to be saying, oh, come on, that's terrible. Like, who would want them? Well, the thing with this league is, and I say for football, is going to be the success of the quarterbacks. And, look, they got some decent quarterbacks with some NFL experience. I mean, these aren't just guys like when the XFL started who were just, it felt like college drop-offs. These are guys who a lot of them either have NFL experience or were drafted in the NFL and, they're looking for another chance, and I think they're going to be motivated, and they're going to be looking to continue their career. One such was Christian Hackenberg, who was a bust with the New York Jets, but now he's going to be in this league. And also Zach Mettenberger is going to be in this league. They have some quarterbacks in this league that you may have heard of before. 
Um, you know, Josh Johnson, Aaron Murray, Troy Cook, I mean, uh, Garrett Gilbert. There's a lot of backup-level quarterbacks, and the thing I look at them is, are these guys that are going to light them up and the names are going to really draw people in? No, but to me, for the success of this league, it's going to be about the offenses, and I feel at the very least they have competent quarterbacks in the startup league. They have quarterbacks that have some NFL experience, and they have quarterbacks that are going to be driven. This is, I think, going to be one of these development leagues where you look at guys who were drafted, couldn't make it in the NFL, or they didn't get an opportunity, and this is going to be their chance to come back. Uh, for example, like Christian Hackenberg uh, didn't really get a shot with the Jets. This is a chance for him to get a shot in this league show what he can do, and possibly get another NFL contract. So this is a good league. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of young quarterbacks coming out of college. Could they get some guys who are not prototypical quarterbacks? Maybe they're the undersized 5'9", 5'10". Could like a Trace McSorley from Penn State be in this league? I think he would be an intriguing guy to get into this league if you can because if the NFL doesn't draft him because of his size – he could be a fun player to watch, dynamic quarterback, and I think if you look for some of these smaller quarterbacks that might not work but are scrambling, fun and energetic, and bring that college-style offense to this league, it could be a fun watch. So that's a guy I would definitely look to uh, target in the AAF. I keep wanting to say AAFF. I don't know why I keep trying to double down on the A's and the F's, so I apologize about that, but... I mean, you look at the way this is being organized by Charlie Ebersole. Uh, you know, he's the son of NBC executive Dick Ebersole. They all got a deal with CBS, which I think is going to be very uh, a good partnership. So they have a major network partnership. And uh, they're, one of their big things, too, is they want to have a fantasy league, which I think is very smart. Because one of the biggest attractions to the NFL is fantasy football. And if you can get people into a fantasy league, I think, and you make it an intriguing fantasy league, I think that will be a very good draw to this league. They already have a contract with MGM. So I think that this will be very good because if they can get the fantasy ball rolling, I think that's one thing people miss about football. It's not just the football games, but fantasy football because, like it or not, even to diehard fans, it creates intrigue because you watch other NFL games with intrigue because you have players in your fantasy team going as opposed to just, I'm only going to watch this one team and that's it. So it might draw in people into more games as opposed to just watching maybe one of your region teams. It draws you into this league. You're like, well, I got a quarterback in this game. I got a running back in this game. So that could be an interesting draw to this league as well. But to me, the biggest reason why I think this league is in a good position moving forward, it, it was decent quarterbacks. But one thing I really liked about this league was I was looking over it, and I looked at the head coaches and one of the offensive coordinators in this league. And like the quarterbacks, like I just mentioned, a lot of these guys are, I feel, coaches who didn't work in the NFL or they're looking for their second chance in the NFL. And there's a lot of intriguing names in here. Uh, for the Atlanta Legends, you have Brad Childress, who was a former coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I think he's a guy who's trying to get back into the NFL. But interestingly, his offensive coordinator is going to be Michael Vick. I think this is a perfect match for this team because it gets people in Atlanta interested because of Mike Vick's history there in that city. But more importantly, I think uh, Childress might be a guy who could get back. But I think a lot of NFL people will be intrigued by Michael Vick, uh, especially if he can be a good offensive coordinator. 
I mean, they're always looking for offensive-minded guys in the NFL, and if he can go, do a good job, he can maybe be an offensive coordinator in the NFL, possibly a, a head coach down the road. Uh, another name jumped out to me was the Memphis Express head coach, Mike Singletary, who uh, one great thing I watched on him was a football life that premiered, I believe it was two or three years ago. And the one thing I like about Mike Singletary, and I know people say it didn't work in San Francisco, and he admits it didn't, but one thing I really like about Mike Singletary is he is a hard worker, and that's what you need to be a successful coach. And even though he was out of football, you could tell he was studying offenses. He was studying defenses. This is a guy who prepares, and that's one of the reasons he was a Hall of Famer with the Chicago Bears is because he prepared more than anyone else. Buddy Ryan had him be the captain of that famed 85 defense, and he was the leader. He knew where everything was going. And there were there were stories about quarterbacks calling a play and Mike saying, they're running here. Then they'd call an audible. They're throwing here. And the quarterbacks would say, he, he knows the play. They know where the ball's going. So I think he could be an intriguing coach. You have Steve Spurrier with the Orlando Apollos and Mike Martz with the San Diego Fleet. These are guys that are offensive guys, but Mike Martz is really intriguing to me. Because Mike Martz was the offensive coordinator for the greatest show on turf. Then he became the head coach of the Rams at a time when a lot of those pieces were getting older. He went to Detroit to try to be a head coach, and that didn't really work out. But to be fair, a lot of coaches that go to Detroit don't exactly have great careers. And to me, I, I look at those coaches, and I see them possibly having a future in the NFL. But Mike Martz to me is the most intriguing because of the way offense has exploded in the NFL. And everyone's looking for a great offensive mind. Everyone's looking for a next offensive coach. But Mike Martz was a great offensive coordinator. And even though he might not have made it as a head coach back then, now with the rule changes and the emphasis on the passing game, I think he could be a head coaching candidate. Not because he's he's committed for 2019, but if he has a good season, I mean, he could be a hot coaching candidate in 2020. You you watch because everyone's looking for a guy to develop a young quarterback. And by 2020, a couple things could happen. I mean, we're looking at the New York Giants potentially replacing their head coaches. We have a lot of head coaches that have struggled in their first year. And by that time, they will be in year two or three. And the organization might say, look, we need a guy that's going to develop a young quarterback. And Mike Martz could be that guy. So for the AAF, I, I do wish they had more of a draft presence, uh, I, especially with the quarterbacks. I wish it was more publicly televised. I wish it was more out there because I'm, I'm a draft nerd. I would have loved to have seen it. Uh, I'm going to look for more information on the upcoming draft. They're going to have one, but they do have rosters in play if you want to go to the team's websites and check them out. But there's a lot of things I like what they're doing, not only the emphasis on offense, having the creativity for no kickoffs, but to me, the most important thing for this league to survive is the quarterbacks and the coaches. And look, the quarterbacks, you're not getting the A's. You're not getting the B's. They're going to be in the NFL. What you have to find is one of two things. Either veterans who have played in the NFL who have experience in command and offense or young guys who have one of two things. Either they didn't pan out and are trying to get back to the NFL and are hungry or they're guys that the NFL has overlooked. All I'm saying is if McSorley does not get drafted out of Penn State because he's a smaller quarterback, that should be a guy this league should target because he's an exciting quarterback. 
And there's a lot of these spread quarterbacks in college that are 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", and the NFL is not going to give them a shot because they're a shorter quarterback and they're primarily runners. But they're exciting to watch. And in a league that's starting out, you need excitement, you need intrigue. And to me, those are guys that you're going to want to keep an eye on. So I do think the AAF will definitely look into that. But more importantly, the head coaches, you have a couple head coaches that have NFL experience as head coaches. And like the quarterbacks, I think you have a couple that are hungry and offensive coordinators that are hungry to have a good season there and be successful. But more importantly, pad that resume for an NFL head coaching or offensive coordinator job moving forward. So that's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. If you want me to do any more information on the AAF, please let me know. I'm probably going to do another XFL Mock Draft City coming up very soon. And we're going to, of course, talk about these two leagues expansion because you can never, in my opinion, have enough football, college football playoff moving forward. The NFL season, lots coming up on the program. So make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Got a lot of great stuff coming up. But thank you so much for joining us here today on Rich Sports Talk.